Welcome back, everybody, to episode 15 of This Week in Japan, presented by Ryu Tokyo. Coming to you live from Lapongi, Tokyo, I'm your host, Julian Domanski, and joining me, as always, is my co host and founder of Ryu Tokyo, Yasuharu Matsuno. Hey guys, welcome back. I actually forgot to mention the election results for the governor of Tokyo last week. So, for those who haven't heard, as expected, Koike san won. So, she'll be serving as the governor of Tokyo for the next four years. Yeah, so sorry guys, we forgot to mention this、uh, last week. Kind of important news, but、uh, there was a lot of stuff happening, so it kind of slipped our mind.、Mm-hmm. Uh, how about that Taruki Goto guy? How many votes did he get? So, Goto actually received 22,000 votes, which is ranked number eight amongst 21 candidates. Oh, wow, that's quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, so to get more than 10,000 votes is rare for a candidate that doesn't belong to any major political party.、Mm. So, I must say that, you know, it was a win for him. Even though he'll never going to become the governor of Tokyo. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, yeah, it wasn't going to win.、Um, so I guess, yeah, his marketing strategy worked in a way. You know, eighth place out of 21 candidates is not, not bad、mm-hmm. for a, basically a joke candidate, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And,、um, you know, in the past where、uh, SNS didn't exist,、mm. I, I think it was,、uh, could have been harder for him to promote himself.、Mm. But with、uh, Twitter, YouTube and everything,、um, it has kind of like enabled him to you know, promote himself e- effectively. Yeah, I think so. One of his main goals was just to get younger people to vote, right?、Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think in that goal, he's been successful. I guess so. So, today is July 17th, and in this episode, we're going to be discussing the following big news stories Japan's go to travel campaign to begin from July 22nd, the youngest player in history ascends to the rank of Shogi Master. The biggest host club in Tokyo is shutting down. The former emperor of Japan discovers a new species, and a Tokyo school bans an undercut hairstyle for boys. Starting from July 22nd of this month, Japan will begin its go to travel campaign in an attempt to revitalize the tourism industry. Since the outbreak of coronavirus and the closing of the border, tourism and travel in Japan have been some of the heaviest affected industries. The campaign will encourage Japan's residents to travel. By providing a subsidy equaling 35% of your total travel expenses. This will include the costs of transportation and accommodation. There will also be a 15% coupon available that can be used for any shopping, making your total travel coverage around 50%. For those who have already made plans to travel, cancelling and then rebooking will not be necessary. Even trips that have already been planned will be able to receive the subsidy by applying through one of the many campaign operators, such as the Japan Association of Travel Agents. Since the announcement of the campaign, there has been a multitude of criticisms from citizens who are concerned about a spike in coronavirus cases as metropolitan areas like Tokyo, which is currently seeing record numbers, are encouraged to travel. I think that's probably the biggest worry here, isn't it, Yasu? That people are going to be asked to start mingling, you know, going, spreading、mm. out from where they already are.、Um, but this is actually one of the main developments from yesterday, right? That basically people in Tokyo will not receive this benefit. Exactly. Yeah. And people <laughs> won't be able to travel to Tokyo.、Mm. I mean, at least it will not be subject to this、uh, campaign.、Mm. So, yeah, I'd say it's just bad timing to launch such a cam- campaign. Could be the worst because、uh, we just saw, you know, 286 new cases in Tokyo yesterday,、mm. which is the, the highest number,、mm. uh, you know, this year. But I would say, to, you know, from a fair standpoint, I, I kind of understand what the government is trying to do. Yeah, I, I understand it, but、mm. it just seems bizarre. Not, not, the, not <laughs>、yeah. the right timing, right? Of course, yeah.、Mm. 
this is like one of those events where like the Japanese government does something absolutely absurd and everyone thinks who who came up with this idea you know like kind of previous attempts things like um you know like the Abe no masks mm. kind of situation or even things like a premium Fridays and these kind of like weird incentives they love incentives don't they the Japanese government they're always coming up mm. with these like schemes and they're always very kind of like polarizing there's never like a uh, like a consensus that's like everyone agrees you know what i mean this always mm-hmm. seems to be quite divided mm-hmm. so i think this is just another situation where i think in this situation most people in tokyo now feel like almost ostracized for being in tokyo and then everyone else outside of tokyo is like stay away you dirty tokyo people <laughs> you know don't come mm-hmm. to our don't come to our prefecture but i mean they've got a point right tokyo is the highest risk city at the moment and the cases keep rising mm-hmm. as of the last two weeks right so if I lived anywhere else in Japan, I probably wouldn't want people from Tokyo coming to my city. Mm, except you run a tourism-related business, maybe. True, yeah. If I mean, you own a hotel, yeah, you don't need to own it. But if you run a hotel business or a restaurant business, mm. then you would also you know, want to start making some sales again, right? Oh, yeah, of course, mm. yeah. And I think that's essentially what the, the government's like, intention. But yeah, it's... It looks a bit like absurd, considering mm. that we are seeing the the highest numbers these days. Obviously, like advice from all the leading, you know, like authority boards and scientists and researchers, everyone's saying, you know, don't travel, don't spread the virus, right? So the government, the people who are supposed to be in charge, are actively encouraging people to travel, and it just seems quite irresponsible. I feel really bad mm. for people who own these tourism-based businesses, but. Instead of subsidizing people's travels, why don't the government just give that money to these hotels? Mm-hmm. It's just money at the end of the day, right? Mm. So they could say to the, the hotel, right, we can't cover your full expenses, but maybe we'll give you 50% of what you would earn. Mm-hmm. And then maybe the Ryokan, on the other hand, they're not having to like, look after people, buy food, and their utility bills will be much lower. So that, that would obviously offset most of their loss, right? Mm. It just seems daft to be like paying for people's holidays, <laughs> basically. Mm. Mm. That's yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it yeah, just seems a bit, I agree. A bit odd. Um, so yeah, I do wonder who came up with this. Who was the first person to propose this idea? Uh, well, like I can't really blame him because only a few weeks ago, uh, the numbers in Tokyo or across Japan were pretty low. Mm. You know, and that is the reason why they have lifted the state of emergency in the first place, right? But now, as of course, uh, many people expected, we are kind of almost seeing the second wave of Mm. Corona. Yeah, I think when this original plan came up, many people were probably, including ourselves, Mm. were more optimistic, right? Mm. You always want to be optimistic about these things. But I think this is not a time for optimism. It's just, it's not a time for pessimism either. It's just a time for very logical thinking, right? Mm. And given that we know what we know about the coronavirus, how it spreads and the damage it's already done to the economy. Mm-hmm. It seems like a very odd proposal. Sure. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I, I agree that this is, this is not a good idea for now, mm. but I'm just saying that um, I understand like uh, oh, yeah. why some people came up with the idea. I certainly, yeah, I certainly understand. I mean, I'm, I'm sure most people that own hotels and real can, they're probably welcoming this decision, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're probably sitting around with literally nothing to do. I think so. That's their yeah. whole business, right? They're real desperate. Yeah, so. exactly. Oh, well, I think that's probably the right word, isn't it? Desperate. Because, mm. um, I mean, last year we had around 32 million 
visitors to Japan. Mm. And this year, the government was expecting around 40 million with the boost yes, coming from yes. the Olympics. Mm. Last month, do you know how many foreign tourists came to Japan? Last month? Mm. Less than 100? Uh, more than that, actually. Oh, okay. 2,300. Oh, okay. That, oh, in, in a whole month. But that, that was a drop of 99.9% tourism. Oh, uh, okay. okay. So like that's just basically just wiped out the tourism industry. Because mm. you know? Japanese people aren't spending the same kind of money that like a foreign tourist do on holiday, right? Mm. I mean, I, I know a lot of Japanese people like to travel inside of Japan. But when you're a foreign tourist in another country, you tend to spend more money, right? Because it's more of like... Um, I know it's more of like an experience, you know, you, you want to try everything and, you know, do all these kind of cultural things and go to see all these spots. So I'm sure like the revenue gain from Japanese tourists is not the same as from foreign tourists. Mm-hmm. And when 40 million of those people just don't come with all their money, that's got to be pretty devastating, I would imagine. So yesterday was 286 new cases, which according to the numbers is the highest um, daily level of um, cases reported since the outbreak began yeah in tokyo in tokyo uh, mm. sorry not not the whole country in tokyo um that's kind of worrying so yeah perhaps this go-to travel incentive maybe for other parts of the country it makes sense but i don't think for tokyo it's a good idea right now so on to some entertainment news next 17 year old fuji sota has just made history becoming the youngest ever player to win the shogi title of kisei which translates to great master of shogi a game that is also known as Japanese chess. He cemented his win this Thursday in match 5 against his opponent, fellow Kisei Akira Watanabe. After the match, Fuji commented on his game saying, It was difficult to find a balance. It was hard to follow all the way until the end. Fuji first professionally entered the shogi scene in middle school back in 2016. He was only 14, the youngest ever in history, but his merits don't end there. He holds numerous records in shogi, including the most consecutive wins ever at 29. Upon winning the title of Kisei, he stated that it honestly doesn't feel real yet. I will be in a position of responsibility now, so I want to dedicate myself even more. He is planning on participating in the Ryo, which means King of Dragons, tournament later this year. A large shogi tournament with a big title. So are you a shogi fan, Yasu? Yeah, so I used to play shogi when I was a kid. Mm. And I'd say I was not bad. But um, I remember that I had a friend uh, who was trying to become a professional shogi player. Mm. And he could beat me with uh, a few pieces missing. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, like even with a handicap, like I, I couldn't beat him. Oh, man. And um, well, so he was on a you know, whole different level. Mm. But uh, not only he was talented, um, he basically dedicated everything. You know, all mm. the time he has got to shogi, even sacrificing time to study for school. And uh, he won many tournaments and reached very high rank in Japan. But then when he was around 20 years old, I had a chance to meet him again. Mm. We, we kind of had a re- reunion. And, you know, he told me that he could actually become a professional uh, shogi player. Mm. Then I was like, wow, that's, that's super cool. And like, I'm looking forward to it. And, but he, he then said that while he can be one of the top 100 shogi players in Japan, mm. he knew that he can't be a top professional player. What he means by that is like top like 20 mm. or 30. Yeah, so because he has been playing shogi for many, many years, mm. uh, he knew that like, you know, he can't be the top of the top. Mm. Mm. So he actually decided to quit shogi 
and oh, wow. start working for a company oh, after man. after college. That's quite a shame, yeah. You know, he he's a very smart guy, so he's now employed by a good like you know solid corporation.、Mm. But I still remember from his story how like competitive the world of shogi is.、Mm. So the thing is that I did some research yesterday, and I just found that there are seven、uh, million、uh, shogi players in Japan. Seven million. Yeah, that's of a population of one hundred twenty-seven million. I know. Yeah, <laughs>、wow. yeah. I mean, there are. I, I imagine like most of them are not like very serious, serious、mm. players. You know, including myself. Yeah. But still, that's、uh, but it's popular. Still, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so assuming that like seven million people in Japan are playing chess,、mm. and to become a professional,、uh, you need to be in like top like hundred sixty or hundred seventy players.、Mm. That's like zero point zero zero four percent amongst all the all the players.、Mm. Basically, this time, what's what's mind blowing about、uh, Sota Fuji is that he has defeated. The strongest, like the best shogi player、mm. in Japan today. That is crazy. How old is this guy,、uh, Akira Watanabe? Akira Watanabe is thirty-five. Oh, so he's not very old. I, thought, I was expecting him to be like some like fifty, sixty-year-old. Yeah, I actually imagine like、um, he could be a bit older、uh. because his name is so famous, like、yeah. Watanabe.、Maybe. Oh, so you knew about this guy already? Of course, yeah. yeah. It's、oh, okay. it's someone like、uh, many people can can recognize、oh, okay. by, by by the name.、Mm. Even though, like many Japanese people already knew that、mm. Fuji is really good, like really like up and rising, I don't think many people thought that he is like already good enough to defeat、uh, Watanabe.、Mm. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, you get these kind of like underdog stories. I mean, he's not quite an underdog because he's he's obviously very good, but to take down like the champion,、mm. that's kind of crazy, right? It could just be, it could have just been like a one off. Situation. I wonder if, like, if they had a rematch, would he be able to do it again? I think so because that is why, like,、uh, they're supposed to have like five games. Oh, and, right, okay. Yeah, Fuji won like three out of five. Oh, okay, fair enough. Forget what I just said there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's it's no coincidence. Oh, sure, sure. Okay.、Mm. Yeah, I can't I think I misunderstood that because I'm thinking like sometimes. Like a boxer defeats like a heavyweight guy or be a champion belt holder, just like one time. Yeah, but you know, he could have just been、right? having an off day or something like that. He's not overall. He's not necessarily better, but yeah, if you win three out of five games, I mean, imagine it must have been pretty tense.、Mm. How long does that last? You know, how, how like a, a bout of five rounds of shogi? Is it quite a long? Is it kind of like well?、Chess? So each game should take at least like several hours. Each game, yeah. So、Jesus. yeah, they're having this like competition for at least a week. Or so. Oh wow! And another interesting fact is that because this year,、mm. uh, due to Corona, this、uh, tournament or the competition has been like postponed.、Mm. But Fuji like still managed to kind of like break the the record、mm. of becoming the youngest player to to hold this title,、mm. right? So w- what I'm trying to say is that if it wasn't for Corona. He could have won the title like even earlier. Oh wow! Yeah, that's true. Actually,、mm. wow. Well, Fuji San, congratulations, and、uh, we'll see how he does in the Rio tournament in the future. Yeah, looking forward to it. So our third topic of the week is business related. The most successful host club in Tokyo, simply known as the Club, has announced this week that it will be closing down. The most successful club is, of course, owned and operated by the most successful host, Roland. 
Often called the king of hosts, Roland's Club has the record for highest sales in a single day, a single month, and a single year. However, even with its apparent success, owner Roland has decided to shut down the club. The king of hosts gave a statement on his Instagram announcing that his decision to close the club was based out of the safety and well-being of the employees and clients. While the club is closed for the unseeable future, Roland still plans to keep ties. He will continue to pay rent for the now empty building in the hopes that he and his hosts can one day come back and reopen after the world has calmed down a bit. As for the many hosts who have been displaced, there is now some assistance on the way. For those who have been infected with the coronavirus, Shinjuku Ward Office is planning on handing out another 100,000 yen. This supplement is to support the many workers, including many hosts and other nightlife workers who are unable to make income while being infected. It's interesting how it's obviously Shinjuku Ward giving out this uh, supplementary aid, right? <laughs> As mm-hmm. whereas this is mostly where these host clubs reside. But from what I hear, hosts earn quite a lot of money. So I don't think they need a little boost from the government. <laughs> well, not exactly. Um, because maybe maybe you're talking about some like really top-notch, like successful hosts. Mm. But I would say like 95 Maybe like 98, 99% of them are not, not rich. Oh, like okay. they're not like um, making much money. Mm. Mm. But someone like Roland, obviously he's, he's rich. Mm. He's super successful. I mean, you know about him, right? Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe I've seen his picture, but um, mm. can you give me some more info? Yeah, so Roland basically is the most like, famous host in Japan, and um, he's obviously a Japanese guy, and Roland is just his nickname. Mm. And um, he looks a bit eccentric, but I've actually read one of his books. He's got a book? Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> he's, he's written a book, and it was a bestseller. Mm. And he's, in fact, a very thoughtful and caring person. Mm. Uh, that's the impression I got. So what's the book about? Is it like kind of memoirs of a host or is it about something completely different? Yeah, it's a combination of a memoir and also kind of like, um, you know, sharing the like his his mindset mm. with the readers. You oh, know, okay. What he's thinking like every day, what wow. he cares, what he doesn't care mm. and things like that. Oh, fair enough. And yeah, so I was surprised to hear this news because he's a, you know, he's rich. So mm. um it's it's hard to imagine that he can't like pay the rent or pay pay the salaries mm. in a short period of time. But uh, when I read the details of the news, uh, it made more sense because Roland simply didn't want to expose his customers mm. and his employees to the risk of getting infected. Mm. And as a matter of fact, uh, he would still be um, paying the monthly rent. Mm. And I mean, even though, you know, it has no use for the time being, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm, And uh, he will also be like hiring those hosts uh, as employees of his other businesses, such as uh, hair salons. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. Sounds like a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. So you can tell that he is really taking care of his uh, employees, right? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of nice to hear from from a point of view where it's like, that business is often seen as quite sleazy or, mm. you know, a bit like, you know, adult, a bit debaucherous. Um, but obviously, at the end of the day, they're all people, right? So mm. regardless of what they do for a living, um, yeah, you know, they're obviously going to be worried, especially those kind of businesses, as well as like the tourism like we talked about earlier. But these kind of nightlife spots have been closed down or, or b- being put under really intense restrictions. 
because of the way that the virus spreads under close contact, right? So your business basically revolves around contact with people, which kind of makes it pointless. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's great to hear that he's doing that for his employees. Mm. So yeah, I was reading some uh, reactions online, including Twitter, mm. and yeah, most people in Japan are quite supportive of his decision. Sure, but I'm sure it was a very tough decision as a business owner. I could imagine, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess first he would have to just kind of calculate it all right. What's this going to cost me over the the course sure. of five, six months, maybe more? And I'm sure it wasn't an easy decision to make. Yeah, but I mean, again, that speaks. About him as a person, right? Mm. Even after calculating that financial loss, he still decided to pull the trigger and actually follow through with the plan. So, right, and、uh, he also has a YouTube channel. Oh, okay. And on the latest video, he was saying, "Hey, like you know, he he was just like、uh, kind of like talking to everyone, and he said that." As a business owner, I know that many people are going through lots of like difficulties. But if we can really like overcome, then there'll be like nothing we should be afraid of.、Mm. As a, as a you know business owner, yeah, that's good, isn't it? Yeah. So as well as like taking care of his employees, that it's also setting a good example for other people. He is. You know, not that not people should be pressured to feel like they have to like provide for their employees. But perhaps some businesses don't make as much money as a host club, for example. Um, so you know, b- before all this Corona,、mm. he was showing like、uh, like how he's working at his like a、uh, host club, how、oh, his、cool. employees, I mean hosts, are you know doing and stuff. So kind of、oh, right, okay. like a mixture of a documentary and a and a vlog. Oh, it's just kind of like behind of the scenes in the host. Yeah, club. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. But I think、uh, it will be more focused on on him,、mm. like、um, you know what he's thinking, what、yeah. he's doing for for the near future. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure this might have gained him quite a few subscribers, kind of like Tagoshi-san from last week, right?、Um, the news of him kind of leaving the Johnny's Entertainment put him in the spotlight a little bit more than he usually was, and that gave him a little boost on social media.、Mm. So I'm sure this will be the same kind of thing, you know? Yeah, no, definitely interesting.、Mm-hmm. I agree.、Mm. So, from host clubs, we're going to the other end of the spectrum now to some science news. When you imagine the emperor of Japan, what do you think he does to stay busy? Activities such as traditional ceremonies, public appearances, and hanging out in a palace may come to mind. However, would you ever consider an emperor of Japan discovering a new species of animal? Well, this is exactly what retired emperor Akihito has done. Believe it or not, Emperor Akihito has been a respected researcher by the marine biology community for years. Conducting research on gobi fish even back when he was crown prince, this new species of Okinawa gobi marks the ninth new species discovered by the emperor. Scientific papers on the species are expected to be published later this year. The specimen was actually first obtained by the emperor's research crew around ten years ago. However, after studying the fish's patterns and sensory organs, it was found to be an entirely new species of gobi. The emperor has continued his research on gobi fish from 1960 and has published numerous papers concerning the species. Hopefully, in his retirement, Emperor Akihito can continue to be successful in his research. I think we can chalk this one up as unexpected news of the week. <laughs> <laughs> totally.、Yeah. Um, I mean, I liked Akihito from what little I know about him, but yeah, I'd heard some stories that he was more of like an academic kind of guy.、Mm. Um, but yeah, didn't didn't know he was all into this business. Kind of marine research, really interesting. Yeah, as you kind of implied, it may sound a bit like strange, but as a matter of fact,、um, not much about 
like uh, royal family's info, including emperor, are uh, disclosed to the public. Mm. Mm. Like we Japanese people don't know much about like uh, what emperor's doing like daily, uh, okay. what his like real like personality is like. Mm. I don't know. There is a way of thinking that we like the commoners mm. <laughs> are not supposed to know much about their their personal things. Sure, sure. Mm. That makes sense. I guess some of the mystery of being a royalty is that, you know, you're above everybody else. It's kind mm. of bad as that sounds, right? <laughs> mm. Yeah. What, what, what may be interesting to you is that um, you can talk shit about like prime minister mm. or other politicians. But in Japan, um, it's really wrong to say anything like bad about the, the emperor or mm. the... Yeah, especially emperor. Yeah. And it's still like uh, deeply ingrained in our culture. Mm, interesting. Mm. Yeah, because the emperor is like the head of the Shinto religion, right? So he's kind of like the pope for Shinto. Oh, yeah. Kind yeah. of, right? Because mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. when you have like the ascension ceremony, like we had last year, right? For That's Sabrewa, mm. It's not just that like they take the throne. It's like they become like the new head of the the religion right exactly it's not a church yeah, but yeah. you know mm. they become leader so there's a lot of like quite like, almost like ancient mm. ritual mm. and ceremony right. that exactly. goes into it yeah your, your understanding is correct mm. i mean when i compare that to like the english monarchy right mm. um they get kind of paparazzi quite a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I get that impression yeah people know quite a lot about them um <laughs> not always for the best <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. yeah the, the the kind of the imperial family certainly has yeah, a little bit more mystery around them but it's very interesting to see that, you know, he's got such kind of, I'd say like a noble pursuit, right? It's, mm. you know, it's scientific based and it's maybe some kind of area of science that is not, it's not particularly seen as like sexy or cool, mm. right? Mm. Right. <laughs> I think some credit should go out to his crew as well, you know, because mm. like, like we said in the article, right? The emperor, I guess, is given credit for discovering the species, but he obviously has a crew of people that goes out and catches this fish. And I imagine like, other scientists he works with because is, is it actually him that like dissects the fish and like takes samples under the microscope and says oh yeah this this fish is a uh, sensory organ is different to this other one or do you think he's like the overseer of like a team mm, mm, maybe probably yeah, yeah but, but just but as at, like boss of least, the team at least i saw one uh, picture of him uh looking through the microscope <laughs> <laughs> could, could be a photo op <laughs> <laughs> we never know yeah but. no i i think yeah, yeah I feel, I feel at like least he, uh, he would never catch any any fish himself yeah i, yeah. I suppose <laughs> i guess like he's really into it for yeah, sure yeah. Uh, otherwise like, he wouldn't be finding like uh nine new species of Haze in specific of right? course yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that, that's the other interesting point it's like it's not his first discovery right? it's, his, it's his ninth <laughs> yeah ninth new species right i think a lot a lot of Scientists like researchers, even like the kind of the field of like biology, it's people's dreams to discover one new species, mm. but to discover nine mm. of the same animal, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's pretty interesting. Mm. Well, it's good to see he's keeping busy. Um, I think he's like 87 now, I, I want to say. I think last time I checked his age, it was 86, but I feel mm. like that was last year. Right, right. So I think he's about 87 now. Right. He's mm. not young, let's put it that mm. way. So it's good to see him, yeah, keeping busy. I've always had a high respect for the the emperor, mm. and as you mentioned, that like we always see him on TV, like uh, waving hands, like mm. smiling, and yeah, many people uh, think that that's you know cute, right? Mm. 
But that's his job, you know. That's his responsibility, right?、Mm. Meeting with the the ambassadors of other countries,、mm. meeting with the president, prime ministers, and so on. But yeah, like I was always curious, like what he really likes as a as a single like private person.、Mm. And so yeah, I feel like now I know a new aspect of of him. <laughs> so Akito is not the current emperor Yasu.、Mm. So that would be like Tenno, right? So, but how do I refer to the previous? Emperor. Yeah, so it's called Joko. Joko. And Joko's Jo means above. Oh, okay.、Uh, you know the Chinese character Ue,、mm. right? Above. Yeah. So he's above the emperor now. Oh, okay.、Mm. Oh, okay. Interesting. So、uh, Akito Joko, we wish you all the best, and、uh, maybe you'll even get a tenth discovery sometime in the future. Helps it too. <laughs> so let's wrap things up with our final and mildly comical story of the week. Some Tokyo schools have recently banned the popular undercut hairstyle, also known as tubroku, for boys. The name refers to when the head is shaved quite close on the sides and left long on the top. During a recent metropolitan school meeting, questions about the controversial decision were raised by a concerned citizen of the Machida City Council. He began by sharing the results of asking many students why the hairstyle was banned in schools. To which many simply replied, "Because that is the rule." So, what is the real reason behind banning this haircut? According to a representative of the Board of Education, the decision to ban an undercut hairstyle was for the sake of the students, as the hairstyle leads to accidents and troubles. However, there seems to be no hard evidence or data of an undercut hairstyle leading to increased trouble or accidents for male students. The same concerned council member quickly pointed out that banning such a hairstyle for those reasons could actually have an opposite effect, leading people to believe that those with an undercut are trouble. Many view this decision as one way that an older, less understanding generation tries to control a younger one. I had to try and stop myself from laughing when I read <laughs> the middle of that sentence.、Um, yeah, having an undercut hairstyle could lead to accidents <laughs> or trouble. <laughs> this is just stupid.、Um, yeah. I mean, first off, this is a quite a popular haircut, right? It is. It's like almost every. Japanese guy has a haircut like this. Yeah, I mean, did you know that my hairstyle is also、uh, tsuburoku? Is it on the sides? It it's like, is that what you call that? Yeah, like、uh, in in a broad sense, at yeah, least. Yeah, yeah.、Like、my my sides are kind of short. Oh, I guess. And my top is like longer.、Right? Oh,、okay. I'm thinking more shaved on the sides.、Mm-hmm. But that, yeah, like I think you're referring to the more like. How to say like a typical like tsuburoku, but yeah, yeah. according to my hairdresser,、mm. my hairstyle is also tsuburoku. I always knew you were trouble, Yasu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I may get into trouble if I were still going to school. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I always think of it like I guess we call it in English like an undercut, but it depends because if it's too much of an undercut, it looks like a bowl cut, right? Because it looks、mm. like someone's put a bowl on your head. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, I yeah.、Know. I guess you can get you can get some kind of more. Extreme versions of this this haircut, right, right, you know, which might make which, you look a bit more edgy, I guess. Yeah, which I understand, you know. But like, really, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's just insane. Two things that surprised me with the news, and one is that like、uh, tsuburoku is very common in Japan too,、mm. and、uh, more than that, like his. His excuse. Do you understand? Like,、uh, it could lead to like accidents and and trouble. Like, <laughs> how I mean, can tr- they? Right? Trouble. I can understand. Like, as a, you know, someone who has tattoos. Right? People always assume that I'm I'm a criminal. <laughs> in, in a joking way, right? Or, or yakuza. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, right. 
So it's like having that image, you know, associated with you, I guess. Like, yeah, anyone who has like a shaved head, right? You look a bit mean. So maybe it's that kind of image. But an accident caused by a haircut. He's <laughs> like, <it's> like, what? <laughs> what? What are you referring to? Yeah. I'd love to hear his example, what he thinks would happen. Yeah. I guess we'll yeah. never find out. But mm-hmm. Maybe the, the person who was asking the question mm. should have asked the, another question. Like, what are some like real life examples? Right? Yeah. And then get him to do like a reconstruction, like live on stage. <laughs> Reenactment, sorry. Mm. But, um, you know, I, I used to go to uh, middle school in mm. Tokyo. So I know that there are certain hairstyles or the clothes that only Furyo, uh, which means like young delinquents, would wear. So, for example, uh, you know, Mohawk hairstyle, mm. right? Yeah, so Mohawk hairstyle uh, used to be quite like popular mm. uh, amongst like Furyo in Japan, mm. like a couple of decades ago, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is that when those Furyo recognize you as Furyo, then they would like kind of like try to pick a fight on you. Oh, okay. Yeah, You're like rival gang or something. Is it yeah. kind of like Bosozoku, like yes, kind yes. of biker gang? Yes, yes. Because yes. when I when I hit, think of like Japanese guy with a Mohawk, I just think of like Akira. You yeah, know, in those yeah, games, you, right? yeah, yeah. Mohawk was uh, especially popular amongst like uh, Bosozoku mm. and Bo. How, how, how do you describe Bosozoku? It's like a biker gang, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Boso means like to. I'd say like drive crazy. Yeah. Mm. And Zoku is like a family, group, a family yeah. or group. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I'm sure this won't be the last uh, crazy school rule we hear in the future but um you know interesting nonetheless um so make sure you've got a sensible haircut boys and uh, stay out of accidents and trouble so that wraps it up for all the news stories this episode now let's jump into our final segment of the show word of the week okay so we talked about tsuburoku and furyo uh young delinquents in mm. the news section let me share some words related to furyo today oh okay interesting mm. so did you know the word furyo in the first place i didn't actually know <laughs> um furyo I, I know the word yankee yankee it's like is that one of the words oh <laughs> you got it you got it so i, I was bet, about to ask like do you know any other words to describe uh, them in Japanese. Oh, no, I'm ahead of the game, yes. <laughs> yeah, oh my God, Finally. you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't you, know. You I beat d- me. Yeah. I don't know where I heard that word, Yankee. I guess just kind of like in anime and stuff. Um, hmm. It kind of just gets used a lot. Maybe I know some others, but I'll let you say first. <laughs> yeah, so I, I checked on the Japanese Wikipedia, mm. but I couldn't really find the, the origin of this word. Mm. Well, it surely came from from the US or, you know, abroad. As a Westerner that is not American, outsiders can sometimes call Americans Yankees, right? Or, I mean, actually refer to themselves as Yanks, right? Mm. Or there's a team called the Yankees, the, yeah. the baseball team. New York Yankees. Yeah, they're right. <laughs> you, you can tell I don't know anything about baseball. Um, so that's already kind of a word, right? Uh-huh. So I like to think that it's it's basically when America came to Japan and the Japanese were like, oh, God, these, these bloody... These bloody Yankees, just like. <laughs> mm. So there was a document in nineteen like twenties mm. where the uh, Japanese people refer to those American people mm. as Yankee. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it came originally came to Japan like many many years ago. Yeah, yeah. But 
it's one of the like biggest mysteries. I mean, uh, how this word Yankee started to be used to describe those like young delinquents. Mm. But I also found that like people in Japan started to use Yankee to refer to young delinquents uh, only from 19, like 1970s. Mm. Mm. Oh, okay. So our, I would say like parents age. Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So yeah, it's not older than that. Mm. Mm. And uh, this, actually, there's a second word for today, uh, which is skeban. Skeban? Yeah. Skeban refers to uh, female young delinquents. Oh, okay. Mm. So it's like the, basically used to be a female version of yankee. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And suke refers to female, and ban is a short-term form of bancho, which means like a leader of uh, young delinquents or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, so skeban used to be quite like big. Oh, like, okay. Like, um, yeah, a, a few decades ago. Oh, wow. Mm. Badass female gangs just walking around. Right. Messing people up. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's one that I see in anime quite a lot, which is uh, geki, which is like... Um, Gaki? Gaki, yeah. Gaki. Gaki. I still mm. can't pronounce it properly. <laughs> I don't ever say it because it's like... It's such an anime word, you know. I just I always see it on the subtitles. <laughs> but like um it kind of means like brat or like you know, yeah, little kid, right? Mm-hmm. So it's more of like an insult calling someone weak, do you think? Or I don't know, am I misunderstanding the uh, uh, meaning for of it? yeah, young kids including teenagers. Yeah. Um yeah. But they're not quite being like Yankee, right? But they're just being like annoying or Yeah, Gaki is more broad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um Yankee or uh, Skeban are referring to very like specific styles. Yeah, borderline criminal people. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, not too far. I would yeah, say. yeah, yeah. But Gaki is used more like often, more mm. generally. Yeah, uh, fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. you can like s- some parents even call them like uh, oh, like our ga- Gaki. Yeah. Um, referring to their kids. Ah, uh, so very interesting, Asu. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> So that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Whichever platform you're listening on, make sure you're subscribed for a new episode every single week. Thanks for listening, everyone. For any questions or comments regarding today's news, reach out to us at News on Twitter. We're also releasing videos every week on YouTube, so find us there. So stay healthy, stay safe, everybody, and stay out of trouble. Don't go being a Furio or a Yankee. Make sure you check back next week for the very next episode of This Week in Japan. Mm-hmm.